0: So, we've, we've talked about systems and processes, and um, Shiva does have a question here about that. Um, how and where are you keeping your processes? Is there a platform for the repo?
1: Uh, what's the one? I, I never got too much into it. What's the main? It's
0: not. IT Glue.
1: IT glue. yeah, so that's a good one just from its various integrations, but it's a lot of work. I, I think it's a great platform uh, before we got introduced to IT glue. Uh, I was a fan of doing everything in in SharePoint in the form of wikis uh, because it's easily updated, very easily manageable. Uh, certainly, it doesn't have those integrations, which is automatically porting some of the stuff in from the RMM and other things like IT Glue did. But from a from a sake of documentation, um, you know, you can do a lot in SharePoint to make things more accessible uh, and easy. And you can, uh, as you really grow and scale, you can put in approval so you can automate kind of getting documents updated, uh, getting your documentation updated with various approvals and getting comments from folks. So uh, where it might maybe more a lot of your tactical stuff like within your help desk and knock or whatever might be in wikis. And that's oversaw by the respective managers. Maybe more of your business policies are in Word docs That get published as pdfs or whatever but in the back end the leadership team is is commenting and approving changes and things like that without having to sit down in a two-hour meeting about it you could be doing it remotely through an approval process through sharepoint um that's my preference I, i mean look again uh having a process and commitment to documentation it doesn't always matter where you're putting it um it just matters really what, what your system looks like and what's going to serve you. I mean, what are you solving for, right? Don't run out and buy IT glue because IT glue exists. What's the problem you're trying to solve for, right? And that, that's where you really got to start or else you're going to... IT glue takes a ton to set up. And if it's going to solve a major problem that you know is a real problem, yes, go make that time investment, that financial investment to get it done. But don't just run out and buy IT glue just because it exists, you know, uh, and create create that project for you, um, that, that could have maybe been solved another way.
0: I agree completely. I've, I've found that as long as you have processes in place, it doesn't matter if you're storing things in OneDrive, maybe not passwords, but like the rest of the documentation, um, just just so that way you kind of know where everything is. And then, um, you know, for if, if you're going to make like a template with, uh, with a bunch of tables on it, You know, in the password field, just put "it's in LastPass" or or whatever you use, right? Like the tools don't matter as much as you doing the thing. as As long as your people can access it, it doesn't matter if you're just making a, you know, thousand word documents.
1: Yeah, it I mean, again, it's it's you've got things to consider, efficiencies and all that stuff. But again, I I I I just preach: start with. The question: What are we solving for? What is the problem we're solving for? If you start there, that'll paint the picture of where you need to go.
0: So that was uh, oh oh the, I I would think a degree of immutability and not having multiple versions floating around is a necessity. Absolutely, you know when when picking your your solution or, or figuring out how you're going to store documents or whatever, like, yes, you know, make sure that you're doing things in a way that you're, you're not, you're not duplicating files and keeping multiple versions of the same thing or letting text put a copy on their computer that they just use that one and never see the changes that get made or whatever, right? Like you have to, you have to put some, some serious thought and effort into all the, the little pieces about that, but.
1: What I, what, and what I liked about SharePoint, just in that simplicity one, you're already in it, right? Most of everyone's already in 365. So you don't need to create another system of passwords and things like that. If there's not a way to, to, to integrate uh, the single sign on stuff, but, um, but SharePoint does that natively, right? For all things, right. right? It, it keeps a version history um, of, of, of those documents. And that's again, my original preference before you got into these crazy uh, document management systems that are available today. Why I started with SharePoint and wikis is because that's not easily downloadable like a document is. I that's, so the tactical stuff again, especially like you know uh, new system setup checklists and things like that. I would always source that stuff in wikis and things like that were that were more online rather than in a document, um, and and that was a part of making sure everyone knew, like, you know, get the, you know, where to source your information from. So you weren't acting on old
0: info. And I I think, you know, we could sit here and talk just about documentation for hours. I'm certain. I think the most important thing is the way you, you do everything in your business, including documentation is going to be different at the different stages. You are in the business, you know, when it's just you, it doesn't matter if you're writing things down in Notepad, right? If you know if you've got just a few employees, OneNote might be fine. Yep. You know, and then at some point you're going to have to to be able to um, control access and make sure people can't just like download a copy, quit, and then go you know, go after all of your clients or, you know, obviously there's a lot of things to think about with every single thing that we're doing as business owners. And, and obviously uh, one of the most important things we, we should always be thinking about is mitigating risk. Yeah. So yeah, systems and processes. We talked about people. We even talked about um, some leadership stuff. Let's talk about automation. So once you've got your systems, you or your processes, you now need to automate as much of that as you can. So, did you you didn't even have employees? You just had like a hundred instances of Connectwise and Lab Tech, and it was all just doing everything for you, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I ever retired. It was that easy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So, so what? So, so what did it? What did it look like for you guys when you started to automate your processes?
1: Yeah, um, you know the thing about automation is you got to have the talent and the time to do it. So similarly to the point about um, getting someone to document the processes, right? Uh, often, you know, if you're counting on your help desk tax or your busy best. Project engineers to to write this automation. It's probably never going to happen because the client needs are always going to win, right? So I think uh, establishing a plan of resources that are what you know. One, what are we automating? Uh, what are we solving for? But two, who's going to do it, right? And when are they going to do it? And, and getting serious about that because I think that's one of those things where you know the 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 cobbler's kids never get the shoes where, you know, just you never automate it because you never have the time. And that's because you never sat down and got a serious plan of what resources, you know, were, you were going to do that. And, and the best way to do that is is take it small, like take it. one. You're not going to get them all done at once, but what's the most impactful, uh, achievable one uh, and weight them in that regard. Right. So what things can can we automate? What problems do we have that we can automate and which one will bring the most impact to our efficiency the minute it's done, and focus on that, and get it get it as its own project, and get it done. So, and that may be right. That's various things, and whether it's in your PSA or or different uh, trigger rules and things like that that you're, you're going to put in the RMM. Um, but you know, I think the places that you start may be where you've got high high volume coming in. I think the alerting you know systems, obviously, if you've got you know whatever a consistent trigger. And you're getting hundred events, and you're still manually having to do something for this routine hundred events that are coming in. <clears throat> um, you and you can and there's a that's a big win, right? You're going to knock out a hundred tickets a week by writing a script that auto restarts whatever service or whatever when this triggers whatever, whatever your knock text or whatever have been doing when this is happening. Um, you know that's the problem you're solving for, right? What 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 uh, automated tickets are we getting, and how can we automate against them the resolutions for them so we can shrink that um, that that's that's where I've always found the most most value
0: so I just want to make sure we're clear that for for you maybe a way to automate password resets uh, might have been the most impactful thing because maybe it was because your company is like so big and now the the most tickets you're getting are not um, RMM alerts, maybe it's just everyone forgot their password. Sure. Whatever, right? And and for me, maybe it's I've got a client who um, everyone hates the boss because he's an a-hole, so they have a lot of turnover. So I'm, I'm constantly having to set up new users and, and, you know, re-image machines. And maybe it's going to save me a lot of time every month if I find a way to you know, press a button in my RMM tool and have it just do all of that.
1: Yeah. And look and automate what is automation, right? It's, it's not having to manually execute these things. So yeah, you nailed it. Right. So turning on, making it up. So you, you get a new client and you get in, you realize that their 365 isn't set up for, you know, user, uh, self-service on, on passwords. Right. That that should be a part of your SOP. Right. So, that's, that's That being a part of your onboarding process, you're automating away, it, right? You didn't write a script, but you did automate away a problem that that previous provider had, right? That, that, that user base is always calling, I can't get into 365, I locked myself out, I forgot my password, right? But if you, as part of your SOP, your onboarding was to make sure that self-service password reset and, and two-factor MFA were implemented as a part of your standard well, you just solved two major problems that we're up against today as a help desk, which is, you know, password resets and getting your account spoofed because, yeah, yeah you gave your password up to that, yeah, to, to Microsoft, you know, who emailed you and said that you got to log in and fix your password, right? I mean, how many how many times does that happen? But that's just a checkbox, check right? That's just, but if you standardize on these things, that too is another form of automation. So I, I would say like, hey, I, I get it, right? We can write PowerShell scripts and all that stuff all day long, or you can enable workflows in various systems. Those are automations, but there's also having a sound standard that also prevents this ticket creep as well that, that you could be thinking about and making them part of your core processes um, to, to keep this, this noise out as well.
0: So since we're talking about automation, um, I know a guy who is constantly evaluating tools and it's not me. Uh, he's constantly evaluating tools. Um, you know, he he might like get a couple months ago Rocket Cyber and then they got bought out by Kaseya. So now he's removing Rocket Cyber and now he's got this new thing. And then, oh, look, shiny new object over there. But at the same time, he's, he's doing one point something million a year. So what would you say to... To that CEO who, who constantly is, is evaluating all of these tools and, and then maybe even just almost it feels like blindly impl- implementing them to clients before really thinking about this type of stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go back to my motto. Well, I'm gonna go go to one of your things we talked about: being busy versus being productive, right? So, what what are you running from? You know, keeping yourself busy with these things. Is there something that that we're avoiding and we're keeping yourself busy with uh, with other things um, rather than be productive? But uh, but aside from that, what are we solving for? Why why are we changing the P- PSA again? Why are we changing the RMM again? Like, what's the problem, right? Uh, if there's problems, let's talk about them and 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 rate them as far as impact and is changing the RMM or PSA, whichever, uh, is that the solution, right? Or is there automation? Like we have a problem with X in there. Okay. Because I know what, this is what I know about swapping systems. Um, it doesn't matter what the tools are. It matters what your processes are, right? We've, we've hit on that. Um, sometimes you trade the bad for bads in the other one, right? You might have a, a, a PSA that does eight out of 10 things. Great. And the other PSA might do those other two things great, but it do, does four other things bad that the first one did great. So you could switch over to, you know, you just, you gotta be, you know, you gotta see the forest for the trees here a little bit here. <laughs> you can't just chase those shiny, shiny objects. You're look, you're just going to chase your tail. You know, you're, you're, you're never going to get productive things done. So I, I would say to that CEO, Hey, if you want to you know grow beyond this $2 million mark, well, let's, let's start norming and performing rather than reinventing the wheel every six months to a year with a new PSA and hitting the reset button and starting over. Now we've got to have new processes and we've got to get the team acclimated and we've got to migrate all the data over, you know. Jeez, like how, that, that would drive me bananas. Um, I, I would,
0: I, it would drive me, but it drives me bananas just hearing about it. Yeah. So I can only imagine what the team feels like. It's a lot
1: lot of needless stress, like I said, unless there's a why, you know, there on what are we solving for.
0: And I I mean, I I understand why this person does it because they are very focused on like um, security and they just are trying to figure out the best way to provide the best security. So I get it. It's not like they're changing out RMMs or PSAs. They're they're swapping out security platforms once they realize there's something out there that does a better job, and I don't think there's something wrong with that per se, but but maybe but maybe don't be so quick to adopt new technology might be yep. my my response to that, and and similarly, um, sometimes like let's let's just take augment. I have not actually used augment. Uh, shameless plug. Wednesday next week, I'm meeting with Derek Belair, oh, Belair from Augment, and and we're gonna we're gonna do a you know a little thing on Augment. So, uh, come watch that next week. So I haven't used it. I don't know what it can and can't do. But let's just pretend it it basically helps you uh, do all the administration on all of your client Office 365s whenever you need to, all at once maybe. So. You don't know if you need Augment unless you you can weigh the cost of purchasing Augment versus the cost of what you are paying your employees, your, your staff, to go and, and do this stuff normally. Yeah. and And then you have to figure out how much time is it going to save me by switching to Augment.
1: Right. And that's a, that's an automation question, right? Like, you know, Hey, right now the team is, we're, we're having to manage all these accesses to our clients, you know, 365 administration portals. Right. So there's a security concern there. Um, you know, I, I equate this conversation. That's why earlier I mentioned it as an evolution, because it is the equivalent of where I was when I was using enterprise tools disintegrated you know to manage av and and and, and alerting and all these different dis- disjoint systems um you know so I was hopping in all of them and then the RMM came and brought all that together uh something like this conversation around something like a product like Augment That's what that would solve for, right? So instead of having to maintain all these different accesses to these different cloud platforms and having to manually do these administration in these cloud platforms, uh, now there's a tool that can consolidate all that into a single pane of glass, which now makes us more efficient. Um, So you're right. You've got a cost-benefit analysis that Hey, yeah, we, there's an inefficiency here, you know, and we need to weigh that against other problems, right? Again, let's prioritize our problems here. Um, but if that's a problem or, or there's an opportunity to get some gains, um, you know, that's, that's what a tool like that would be before, right? Um, and so I think, but yeah, what are you solving for? So you've got to, you've got to be capable of understanding, you know, uh, the, the problem at hand. And is that a problem, right? All of our clients are on 365 how are we managing that? Right. Well, this is where we keep all the passwords and this is what, you know, and you know what I mean? It's just, so yeah, I think it's something to, to consider.
0: And, and on the flip side, if you're just one guy, you know, you're, you're still growing this thing. It's, it's still a baby company. You don't need, I mean, you you want, but you don't need this Microsoft 365 management platform because, the only thing you're doing is taking money out of your pocket. The more the more toys you buy, the less you can pay yourself, and the less that you can put back into the business. So, you, that's the other thing is you need to be really careful when it when it comes to your money because it, okay. you know, sure, okay, great, you can write it off, but when I read uh, this book here. Sorry about the shakiness. This book here: simple numbers, straight talk, big profits. I'm just going to simplify this very much. Um, the the less you pay in taxes, the less money you're making. Yep. Um, so so if you're able to write off so much that you're getting a refund or or you're just you owe nothing, I think you need to reevaluate why you're running a business because. It, And especially if it's been like years and years and years that it's like this, maybe maybe it's time to to start doing something different because it sounds like it would be the the definition of uh, insanity.
1: Uh, Yeah. But at the same time, the other perspective on this is when you're bringing more value as an MSP by having that tool in your arsenal, Right. That, that you should be charging more, right? So you shouldn't just be burdening these costs of these tools. You, if you're increasing your value proposition as, as a provider, you should be increasing your costs, right? You should be promoting those things. You should be subsidizing your expense. You shouldn't just be pulling these additional expenses in, you know, without getting compensated for it. You know, now again, you may be compensated for saving on the opportunity cost of your inefficiencies, right? You may be saving there, that may be where your gain is, but certainly if you're bringing in the tool that's bringing in value to your clients, right? Like so what MSPs are out there, you know, that are just bringing in, you know, cyber tools, you know, and not charging for them. They're saying, "Hey, I just added a, you know, EDR system. Don't worry about it. You know, we're going to eat the cost. We're not doing that." Right? We're going back to the clients and going, "Hey, I have this product um it's an add-on right and is it this is the benefit that it's going to bring you and you will be able to p- figure out where your licensing is and where you're bleeding you know and licenses that are unused or, or understanding where your users are in these systems, blah 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 whatever right there's a value proposition for the clients too um, that you can go up charge for for these things and so on i mean i can tell you you know SaaS management's a problem, you know? Uh, so it's a, it's not just a problem for MSPs, but it's a problem for our clients. And if we're solving that problem, it's well within our right, and the, the clients will gladly pay for it.
0: You said something, I had a response, and I completely lost it. And it wasn't a joke response.
1: <laughs> How's your cat, by the way?
0: She, she stopped.
1: <laughs> She's still breathing.
0: and she may still be breathing. Um, she's sunning in the window. Yeah, there you is go. She's fine. Yeah. I think she's breathing. <laughs> um, oh, boy. So you said. Gosh. I lost it, man. Oh, how frustrating. So we're talking about the automation and and the technology that we're investing in. And you, you mentioned uh, a thing and I was going to say a thing. So we'll pretend that happened and uh, it was very insightful and everyone loved it. Um, Good job. So, so so the, the last couple of things that I think are important to talk about when it comes to scale is uh, focus and vision. Um, which, which one comes first
1: vision? Uh, you know, if you don't have vision on where you're, if you, if you can't see your target, you don't know what to aim at. Right. So, um, you've got to establish the vision, uh, that you're striving for and then you bring in focus and I would say no more than 90 day out projects to take you towards that. Right. Um, you know, there's a great analogy, I like to, the, to talk about. It's like, say there's a million dollar, you're on one island and across the bay there's a million dollar island and you've got to build a means to get there. You've got the resources. Well, you don't want to start building a bridge and then you stop and then you start building a different bridge and then you stop and you build a different bridge and you stop. You never get to million dollar island, right? You got to get focused on building one bridge and take you to that other side. And the same goes with you know, your projects and, and being productive, right, is you can't, you've got to prioritize one to three projects at a time, you know, as far as growing your business and what you're focused on and and, 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 and improving it. Like, you just, you don't need to do everything at once. Some of these projects will still be there later. Uh, and focus on the things that are bringing the most value, most impact that you can get done over the next 90 30 60 90 days and then rinse and repeat what are the next three projects that bring the most value over the next 30 60 90 days uh go from there so vision and then focus
0: so how do we come up with the vision what is the right vision you know what i mean what's the right vision yeah
1: whatever you want I mean, no. I, <laughs> what's the right vision? Uh, look, if you want help with that, great book, the Vivid Vision, short read. But I listen. Um, how do you come up with vision? You sit down and you, and you just write out. It, 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 look, in, in clarity, I, I have three tenets with Lions Guide, you know, which is establish clarity, have courage, and lead. And this is this is where clarity comes in. Is that you got to sit down, you've got to make time and sit down and write out how how you would ha- how you would have things how do you want to see things what do you what do you want to see okay i'm i'm a i'm a one point seven million dollar m s p that you mentioned earlier what do i want to be am i what do i want is that good enough am i once uh, one point seven but i'm bringing home four hundred thousand dollars a year uh, do i want more well what is what is more do i want what what why do i want more right so you really got to sit down and challenge your thinking on what do you want? Why? And then where are you at? And this is the way I'd like to tackle just even tech projects, which is, okay, what are we, where are we going? Where are we at? How are we going to get there? Right? And, and I think as far as establishing vision, and and look, I don't, I can't get, tell anyone what their vision is, but I can tell them you, you need to have time where you sit down and you have thought development time and you do need to paint a picture of your vision. Um, but it's got to start with what, what brings you joy in life? How do you get more of that? What doesn't bring you joy in life and how do you reduce and eliminate that? Um, and then you can bring some tangible metrics to that and, in, and, in, in comparing to where you are now. Um, yeah, I don't make enough money now. Okay. What, what would be enough money? Well, the minute you have that answer, now you've got a target, right? Now you've got that target to aim at and you start reverse engineering that, right? So once you put, and you got to think, no one's going to give you these answers, right? That they're yours. It's your vision. That's why I, that's why I pause. I thought thought there's more to the question, right? Like I, I can't tell you what your vision is, but I can tell you it's only yours and there's no wrong answer. Um, and you can make it happen. You you just put in the work. It's, it's, you know, I, I, geez, I know it sounds pie in the sky and whatever, but yes, you know, you can have what you want and you're going to work to get it. If you're willing to do that, you know, you'll get there and, and don't be afraid to make adjustments along the way. Cause each, each step of um, each step you take your, your vision gets more clear. So you're not going to get it right the first time. You know, you're going to sit down and put all this stuff together. Yes. It's, it's, it's your, It's enough to get you directionally accurate to where you want to go. And then as you start progressing, revisit it. You know, I thought I wanted this, but now I want more. You know, I thought I wanted this, but I actually didn't like that aspect. And I actually don't want that anymore. So, uh, you know, not to say you always got to have a moving target and and have these wild swings, but starting with something gets you directionally accurate. And as you progress, right, it'll bring more clarity and and refinement in that. So um, I don't know. Does that answer your question?
0: I think so. So uh, now I'm going to give you a a softball question. Which one's better, Autotask or ConnectWise?
1: Look, I used Autotask from 2006 to 2020. Why? Because the pain wasn't worth the change. ConnectWise could have been better i wasn't seeing what was better enough to go through the pain of migrating a 200 employee company and you know tens of thousands of systems under management just to say we were on connectwise what are we solving for because i know like i said earlier we're going to throw so throw throw the baby out with the bathwater in some aspects of what we're transitioning to so um which is better your business is better keep focus on your business and 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 you they're both great tools, but jump in back and forth which is better I, I mean uh, i don't I don't have an answer for that anymore um, you know it, just pick a tool and and build your business and that that PSA is a tool in your business the PSA is not your business right so the more you build what your business is going to be how you're going to serve your clients, you pick the tools that's going to serve that end. Right? It may be Autotask because, you know, originally for me, why I picked Autotask in 2006, by the way, um, is they were fully web-based, right? Well, I knew I had techs in the field. I wanted the mobile app. I, I, I did not want techs having to come back to the office to a, you know, client server-based application so I could get their notes in. I wanted a web-based one so they could tap into the client network and do stuff there. Ground zero, that's why I did it. Later, when I did diligence to say, hey, are we on the right platform? I found at the time, and I, I don't know where ConnectWise is today, and so to go do your own due diligence. But at the time, I saw that still their, the real power and value of ConnectWise was in their client server application. Their, their, their web version was weak. Hey, mm-hmm. we're sticking with AutoTask. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not swinging to ConnectWise because it's a better tool on the client server than AutoTask is web because I need the web, right? I've got text mm-hmm. geographically dispersed now all over the country. You know, so now I'm going to switch to a client server app and yeah. you know, sure I could cloud host it, but now I'm adding even more expense, you know, so there, there was just, there's a lot of dynamics to it. And again, that's why it's going to, for me, my answer is always going to be back to what's your business, what's your business need, you know, and find, you know, evalu- evaluate the tools against that.
0: What is the biggest thing you wish you knew when you started your company?
1: The biggest thing I wish I knew when I started a company. Um, you know, a couple of things. Um, I, I think like client orientation. Um, I'm trying to f- find my answer. I wrote on this before. <laughs> oh, yeah. we've Sorry, this is the top of the questions make me think uh, you know i think uh recognizing that i'm in and I, I own a business now right and a lot of guys so we've we've talked about that a lot i think that the the importance of um um you know thing i wish i knew when i started um certainly the value of mrr you know and this would be main you know table stakes today um but you know uh growing that MRR, that stickiness, uh, I think hardware as a service is, is, you know, cloud, cloud services, obviously the more bundling you can do, the better, um, the more you can bring to your client and, and kind of, again, for me, my background is enterprise IT management. So I had standards, right? I had a standard firewall. I had standard systems. Uh, it wasn't installing it at, at one location, you know, Fortinet and this location, a Sonic wall, depending on who that the branch manager, you know, what they wanted. Right. I had a standard. We had a standard. We had our enterprise standard. I think as a, as a MSP, you should have a standard that answers to what your ideal client is and bundle that stuff. Um, and then take that bundle. Now you've got more MRR because you're more holistic. Um, you're bringing a full package, um, and you as a result are more efficient you know because now you've got a standard that your team is trained against and operates against and now all your clients have a similar standard um so and that's going to ebb and flow right depending on your vertical if you have one um you know i think specializing is an opportunity a lot of my group like starting today uh, if i wanted to really accelerate growth i would um i would pick a specialty and go after it. And I'd build a a standard that solves the problems in that vertical. Um, my, a lot of my growth was organic, you know, it was me networking, finding problems growing. And I I think that first 10 plus, yeah, yeah. All all the years of legacy Corsica before selling it. Um, you know, I, I had a wide diversity of different types of clients. Um, and that was because my growth was organic. Uh, when people, Called we want them. Call we'll win. Call we win. And uh, if I were to go aggressive and start a new company, and if I wanted to get it to five million dollars in the first five years, let's say, I would focus on a vertical that I know I could win at, and and I would specialize there um, and and just go focus on that instead of trying to instead of trying to be able to paint a broad stroke across all markets. I would I would focus on on a certain vertical.
0: So you have the advantage of being a former Marine, so that means it's, it's very easy for you to stay focused. Um, what would you say the top three things that you wasted time on would be?
1: Um so here you know making hasty hires um was definitely something that's a time suck uh you know uh, that mistake of just get get me a warm body you know to fill the spot or do whatever without you know having that ideal uh hire in mind and having some standards around that I think I think you know I certainly made some mistakes there and that's always a two step forward two step back right you 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 lose the time of finding them you hastily hire them you tolerate them you made a bad hire and now you're, now you're starting over. Uh, So I think, I think um, like you said at best, you know, uh, uh, slow to hire, quick to fire is, is a good mindset, Um, you know, on on both sides of that, you know, um, uh, correcting for the bad hires, you know, the quick to fire side. Um, I think trying to please everyone, you know, uh, I I would say, uh, you know, there is that, right? You're trying to keep everyone happy. You got employees, you got clients and and all that. But I I think you got to, you know, maybe to the example I said earlier, like sometimes you're going to have a client that's going to want you to do business the way that suits them. And uh, again, you got to stay true to what is best for your business. And if they're not a good fit for that, they're just not a good fit client. And you're just going to have trouble. Uh, and say, likewise with the, the the conversation maybe we had about the employees, right? Like if you've got a set standard, you want to hire employees that fit in your standard, fit in your culture, fit in your operation, Um, so trying to please everyone, keep everyone happy You're best served. If you, if go own it, right, go own your thing. Don't, 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 don't move and and make all these adjustments just to try, try to keep other people happy. Um, and don't worry about failing. You know, I think, you know, it's basic human nature to, um, you know, have this fear of failure, but at the same time, man, you got to really, go, go after it, man. Be bold. Um, Don't be afraid to fail. Like, you know, uh, get out there and try new things, you know, and, and, and learn and grow. It's not, it's not, it's not win or lose. It's win or learn. So, you know, learn from the experience, go try the things that you want to try. Don't worry about failing. Don't worry about the judgment, you know, go, go take ownership of your, your operation and and take it where you want it.
0: And what would you say the, top three traits were that made you a successful entrepreneur
1: uh, entrepreneur wise um i think leadership um you know like i said i i, I came up in and as a student of leadership since a private in the marine corps um so i, I hold that at the, the and i think you know the the strongest leadership trait is setting the example so you know if you want your people on time or technically proficient and, and, and all these things, like set an example for them to follow. You know, not it's not it's you're, you're not gonna make it if it's the you know, do as I say, not as I do mindset, right? Set the example for your people, you know, be the best version of you that you can be. And that's where I'm at today with my coaching and advisory practice is, you know, helping entrepreneurs, CEOs, whoever that are in these demanding roles, be the best version of them. And, you know, that, that rising tide lifts all boats, right. You know, so the better, you know, you're performing, you're going to be an inspiration for those people around you. They're going to want to be better. Um, so I think, you know, and that's, that's at at its core of leadership, um, uh, being humble, you know, I think is something else that, um, Mm. served me, um, you know, um, that I don't think I know everything I, I, in, I think, and that's okay, you know. And that means I, I'm I check my ego, so I can go okay. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't know that, right? I I don't know about that. Teach me, show me. Where can I find the answers? Um, you know, I think there's this sometimes, uh, you know, a little bit too too much ego in the room that no one wants to admit they don't know, you know, or and they they you know they posture and things like that. I I I, I don't know. You know, tell me what do I need to know, and then I go seek to know. I you know, and I trust and and I verify, right? So if I'm getting answers to to get a semblance of, of what I need to know. And then I'm going to take it further. I'm going to get my own information. That's back, that's back to seeking clarity. Um, you know, is, is, is finding the truth of the matter, getting educated. So, um, being humble to know that I only know what I know, um, even with, um, excuse me, uh, coaching and advising today. Um, <clears throat> I mean, what worked for me might not work for everyone. Right. I'm going to say that, right. I could be running around going, Hey, here's the here's the MSP formula for success. I, it, it, there's your formula and does it work or does it not work? If it doesn't, what what's not working? So let's find the, that solution um, because what works for me at Corsica worked for me at Corsica at that time in that market with the people I had, right? So let's find out what works for you and your market, Um and so on. So, so being humble, uh, is, is I think key. And I think being patient as well is, is another thing. Um, you know, be patient, you know, um, you, you, you don't need to jump this, that, and the other. Um, you know, I think, uh, uh, I guess another thing I see people do is they're always worried about what the competition's doing. Like, (laughs) um, you'll chase your tail on that, man. You don't, you, people will see like, Hey, this, this other MSP is doing this. So, we don't know if that's working. You know, we don't, we don't know why they're doing that. We don't know if it's serving, you know what I mean? Like, so, I, so, you know, I never look what you focus on expands. So if you focus on competition, you know what you're going to find, you're going to find more competition and you're going to be chasing the competition. You know, if you get focused on your clients and what your clients needs are, they'll be chasing you. Right. So, um, you know, I think that's something that I never got caught up in, like say early on as a, as a Microsoft gold partner, you know, even vendors, like they push their agendas on you. Right. Right. Um, go with what's, what your clients need, where you want to go. Um, don't be, you know, pushed around, so to speak by, by, you know, other agendas or, or what the competition's doing, you know, build your business.
0: We we ran over. I just realized because we're having such a, a great conversation. If you need to take a, a drink real quick while I talk, I totally understand. Yeah, go ahead. I can tell that. I can tell. I can tell you're uh, you've reached the end of the 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 coating in your throat, and it's just angry <laughs> now. So I have one last question. If you don't, yeah, mind. sure. Um, with with Lions Guide, um, and it's it's like a multi part question. That's how it's won. All right. Uh, who who is your target client for Lions Guide?
1: Yeah, my clients are like I said, people that are entrepreneurs or maybe in a le- demanding leadership role. Uh, so that might be a senior executive or a manager or just someone that's just got a lot of stuff they're up against. I've got clients that are business owners. Uh, I've got ones that are IT execs. Uh, those are my one-on-one clients. I had other ones um, as well. But but look, what I'm serving up is you know leadership development, uh, self-mastery, uh, you know, really through self-leadership. Again, if you want to, if people say, what, what was your secret to success? I'd say, I looked at my life as a whole, right? I didn't just go zero in only on Corsica. I zeroed in on my whole life and Corsica was a major part of that. Um, but I had to, I had to be able to perform at that level. Um, so my focus is helping people be the next version of themselves and they may already be in a very demanding role or they may be striving to take themselves to the next level. So I work with them to take them there. I, I put out the lessons I've learned, um, you know, and what's, what's gotten me here, how I keep my sanity, how I have joy in life. I, that's, that's what people ask me. Like, yeah, you you're, you're in, run this company. You got three kids at home. You're running marathons. You do jujitsu. You run the local youth association. Like, How the hell you do it all still have this energy still got a freaking smile on your face and and yes there's ways to do that and 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 i go teach coach and 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 advise on on those things the things i've learned so
0: so are your clients with lion's guide are they all it related
1: no i think that no uh none uh that that's a lie yes some um but the they're there's diversity there. Like say they're, they're business owners, CEOs, uh, you know, uh, managers, um, you know, service business owners. So there's some diversity there because we all have those same problems. Like you could have this problem. Now you run a podcast and you could be like trying to keep up, right? Well, how do we narrow that in? How do we level you up? It's, it, look, it's never going to get easier. You know, it, new levels, new devils, man. It's, it's, you know, people think like, oh, i want going to build my business to $2 million and now it's going to be easy. I built my business way beyond that. And all it got was more challenging, right? It never got easier. So the only thing you can do is get better. And that's what I'm doing, right? I'm, I'm working with folks going, all right, hey, you're at the next level. You want to get to the next level. You've got to be better because it's not going to be easier, right? So um, so I've got the bursty there. In fact, even when I, I start with IT advisory clients, we, we actually go back to them because no matter what I can you know, impart my perspective and, and advice on their IT business, I got to get them, I got to get them up. Right? I got to get them to where they can perform at this level and beyond uh, before, you know, we, we, we can, can, can hope to get the most out of improving the IT operation.
0: So with, with what you're doing today, is this uh Is this like a package? Everyone just buys the the one package, it's all the same price or? Uh, Is it all customized? Is it hourly?
1: Uh, No, I've got various uh, offerings. So in coaching, I do one-on-one coaching, Uh, group coaching. I have a membership um, that people can go in and get uh, weekly uh, training lessons that I put out. Um, I've got online courses people can check out. Um, The best thing people can do right now and to keep up with everything, check out lionsguide.com, find the uh, various I've got different. i tapped into the various platforms. Best thing you do is sign up for the update so you can keep in tune and, and see what I've got going on and what I'm releasing week to week. Um, this week, and probably a little bit while my voice is going out, is um, I'm batching a podcast of my own, the Alliance Guide podcast, where we're diving into this stuff. Um, not necessarily IT, but, you know, beyond that, right? And it's applicable to everyone, especially IT. Look, why I relate to IT, IT is a it's a demanding role, man. It's, it's just mm-hmm. a lot coming at you, especially as you grow and scale, right? <laughs> more clients, more problems, right? So you've got to, again, rise to that. So, um, you know, one of the things I think that's really helped me is, is focusing on my performance and always getting better, um, you know, always getting better, it never got easier. And once I realized, like, I had to get better, that's when things really changed for me, you know, where I started to have a lot more joy in my life where I wasn't just, man, when's it going to end? When's it going to end? Man, it's not going to end. I got to get better. So, um, so lionsguide.com, you can subscribe there and or look at the other, you know, platforms. I'm on, I'm on all of them. Uh, look for the podcast to come out in June. Uh, we've got a lot of recordings coming through. We've been batching a lot this week. So, um, but yeah, check it out. Um, and uh, like I say, coaching, online training, advisory membership, um, all available
0: thanks so much for coming on here and doing this with me today dale um really you i've learned a lot i hope that um all of the msps that are watching and listening have have taken something away from this um the the one thing that i think we just need to stress again is sure the the tools that you use are important but they don't define you they don't define your company and your processes and your culture and your vision. And these are the types of things that define you and your company. So the sooner you focus on that kind of stuff and stop worrying about Autotask versus ConnectWise or whatever else, right? Yeah. Um, the, the sooner you are going to be able to build for scale. Yes.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Build your business. Otherwise, if you, the tool is not going to make you. It's just going to become the next scapegoat, right? There's no one tool that's going to save you. You know, it's you. You're going to save yourself, you know, and you got to, you know, find your way and, and put in the work to get there.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks so much. Uh, take care, Dale. Take care, everybody else. And I'll see you all at the next podcast episode. Thanks, Steve.